Gary hosts a breakfast roundtable on a recent trip to Dubai, answering questions around building company culture, identifying culture shifts, and the importance of content when boosting a brand's presence. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be So, you know, knowing who's in the audience, I'd like to do as much Q&A as possible, but maybe I'll pontificate a little bit, see where it takes us. You know, I just had a really interesting kind of moment. The first time I ever spoke to Facebook, period, was in 2007, and the ironic thing was the entire company size was like only four times bigger than this whole audience, and to just watch what's happened over the last decade is remarkable. And then, and then to see the word CPG, uh, is really important to me. Just to give you a little context, and I think it's gonna really ladder to this, I would argue that the CPG industry and Facebook are the single two entities of why I'm here. In 2008, on a vacation, my, my wife at that point made a huge rule, and I still abide by it, which is when I go on vacation, I have to put my cell phone in the safe and have no access to it. And if you, your brain works the way mine does, the first half day is remarkable and you unwind, and somewhere around the afternoon of day one, you're walking up and down the beach, coming up with 900 business ideas. And then I started reading a book per trip, and this was still when I was allowed to read business books. Now my wife forces me to read non-business books. But the book was around 3G, the private equity firm out of Brazil. And, and something about the fact that I just took all my money invested in Mark's company, and I bought my Facebook stock from his parents back in 2007, and the fact that I read this 3G book, and the fact that my father-in-law was Jim Kiltz's right hand at Nabisco, Kraft, and Gillette, led me to a thesis one day on a beach in Turks and Caicos that the whole world was about to be disrupted in a way that was not being seen, that I wanted to take advantage of it, but that I was a DNF student, which meant the only way I would be able to take advantage of it was to implant myself into it. At that point, there was no, I couldn't bring my humility level to have a job, but I decided to start an agency to help the biggest CPG companies in the world understand what this was gonna be about and the five to 10 platforms I thought would win on this. And that's what gets us to a decade later of standing here. Um, the things that I believe are gonna happen with direct-to-consumer and channel conflict and all the other macro trends that I think are happening globally on CPG, I think could be dealt with a little bit more of a grain of salt in a market of this nature. You're talking to somebody who believes that 70 to 90% of all CPG marketing dollars are going directly in the trash. You know, and, and I say that not to like make a headline, it's that I'm unbelievably uh, passionate about everything that's not in between the marketing and the business results, and we're in an industry that measures everything in the middle. You know, this is an industry that, in a macro, is spending an unbelievable amount of its overall money on trade in a world where those retailers are taking those trade dollars and creating private labels. So in the biggest macro of the CPG industry globally, we're funding our competitors. Then when we spend money, most of the money is being spent and held accountable to internal MMMs that are not measuring new channels or 
are putting reports like Nielsen's or Millard Brown on a pedestal with no practicality to the reality of business. It's a very interesting time. And I think that, look, I've been talking about this for a decade. I think everybody in here, if they're paying attention even just a little bit, is quite aware of how much market share the macro CPG industry has lost in the last 24 months with direct-to-consumer brands on the back of Shopify or Amazon or other marketplaces. So I think we're starting to get to the kind of, I think we're starting to get out of the yellow and we're on the verge of being into orange and soon to be red, which is the biggest brands in the world many of which are in this room right now, are stunningly vulnerable to the realities of distribution and communication that they were not, they were built on a world that doesn't exist as much anymore and they've been unbelievably slow to adopt to the new world because of the scale of institutional acceptance around a lot of things that I think are just not practical, aka, I think Facebook has not done the best job in explaining its platform, if you ask me. Uh, I think that they are pandering too much to the machine, creating metrics that appease the market, that don't actually speak to the strengths of the platform. When you have, when you have, how many of you are familiar, and if you're not, please don't raise your hand, but if you are, please raise your hand. How many people here are familiar with Wish, the shopping app? Raise your hand, raise it high if you do. So Wish, which about 30% of this audience knows, has gone from zero to anywhere, depending on what report you wanna believe in, three to six billion in revenue on a 95% Facebook spend. I have no idea why Facebook doesn't talk about that. I have no idea why they want to continue to create their own version of GRPs, why, you know, which is laughable, you know, or all the other things, or the fact, and this is with a lot of empathy, Facebook is quite happy with me on my belief on how underpriced their media is, but face, Andrew Keller, if he was here, and he's a great guy and I love him, my point of view is that Facebook's best practices creatively are completely wrong and are pandering to the thing that I actually think they can disrupt, given its scale. I think brands are built on Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube in a way that most people don't. Um, I believe that because I know what Fashion Nova and Gymshark and and wish and movement watches and I don't know, about another thousand businesses that have gone from zero to 50 million in sales on the back of content and marketing and creative, not CAC LTV sales that people maybe begrudgingly have bought into that they do well. And so I'm living in the repeat of the greatest era of my career. I'm a boy who walked into his dad's liquor store doing $3 million a year on 10% profit with no credit line and no investment and grew my dad's business from a three to a $60 million business in five years on the back of Google AdWords and email marketing. And another company did it at a much bigger scale, it's called Amazon. There are, and guess who else did it? Procter & Gamble, it was called television in the 60s. There are moments in time when the collective attention, not the potential reach, the actual consumption, have moved to a scale that can affect all of our businesses and the best practitioners of that media and creative always win. That is what we're living through right now. I believe that and I believe when you overlay the desperate needs for a new e-com strategy for every logo in this room and how they will eventually go DTC, whether your market's COD or not, is just unbelievably important. And I think it plays out far more extreme 
that everybody believes. I, I think people need to get much smarter about how Sears or Woolworths or Blockbuster go out of business. It is far less gradual than you think. It's happening in your face as we speak. And so, I believe the marketing world, especially in the CPG landscape, are measuring things that don't matter and are holding the past on a pedestal and are spitting in the face of the reality of the marketplace. And I actually think you all know it because you're human beings outside of your jobs. But I think the machine that you work for doesn't allow for common sense to prevail. And uh, I speak about it selfishly because I want to put it on film and trade on being historically correct. <laughs> that is, that's really the truth. I built my agency only to buy brands when they melt in the next economic collapse. I just never anticipated how big the businesses or big the brands are gonna be because I didn't anticipate the brands in this room to be so di- disproportionately wrong because I thought they had the luxury of seeing Google happen. I thought the Facebook era would be understood more because the Google era was so missed. I was wrong because corporations are corporations. I've come to learn that. That's what I needed in this decade. I needed to understand that I wasn't smart. I was just in a framework that allowed me to be more practical. I was playing a different game. I used to think I was smarter. I mean it. Now I don't. Now I understand that I just pander to a marathon and everything that I do is for my self-interest and my family's self-interest and that's not what you're supposed to do when you work at a company. I get it. I understand it so much more. It doesn't make the behaviors any more right. So companies are wasting their money. On their, they're overpaying grossly for television. They're overpaying grossly for print. They're overpaying grossly for programmatic digital banners. They're overpaying grossly for a lot of things. And, uh, and that's why this is happening. And this is happening in business results, not in the report. I mean, how many more meetings do you want to be where the report in the middle shows great art ROAS, but your business is in the tank? Like, how many more times do you want to be in that meeting? How many more times do you want to hear that your brand lift study is remarkable, yet you're declining 13% at Costco or Walmart or Tesco? Like, where are we? We're in a fantasy, like, I literally believe the advertising world believes in Santa Claus. <laughs> I, mean, I mean that, I mean that. Like, like going, going, literally going to Cannes for me, and I go because I can get all my meetings in, because everyone's there, is like going to the North Pole, like it's, 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 it's like Disney World. Like, creative directors from Brazil actually think they're famous. It's a very laughable marketplace that is so ripe for mass disruption that I can't believe in my lifetime some of the top 50 brands in the world are gonna go to zero. I really believe that. And I don't say that with being smug or excited. I I say that in, it's happening. It's happening. And I try to remind people, this is what always happens. It's just you didn't live through it. Right, this is television and supermarkets and big box retail is how Coca-Cola and Tide and were built. Now we're in the reverse. And what I see this collective room doing is putting their head in the sand in the face of a tsunami. And um, I think that will end up bad. And I'm trying to encourage them not to. And the reason I tell all my truths is nobody does anything about it, which is, Super fine. But that's kind of what I believe is happening. And I don't understand how now, like it's fine in 2008 and nine when I talked about this that nobody believed it, there wasn't data. 
there was just intuition around consumer behavior that has serviced me well. At this point, the data is black and white. People are just looking in the wrong places. I don't know, I, I, I genuinely would be flabbergasted if anybody thought that buying programmatic banner ads on desktop computers was a good idea for brand building. Yet, we're, we're moving all our money to digital and we're building internal DSPs or worse, being served on the internal DSPs of an agency and we're calculating victory based on the cost of the CPM. We're bonusing media agencies to drive down the cost of the CPM. Lowering the cost of a CPM speaks to garbage inventory. But we keep putting things in the middle on a pedestal like a award or like a metric that is so, I mean, do you know there are brands in this room that spend more money on testing a TV commercial than they do on content on digital platforms as a net overall? I mean, it's, it's so staggeringly broken I'm so pumped so many people are gonna go out of business. And I'll, 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 I'll tell you why. Because I would be pumped if I went out of business. I mean it, I mean it. I think what I love about business the most, and which is why I like losing in micro, at least um, more so than macro, is that's what should happen. That's the merit of it. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.